Hi everyone, Julie here. If you want to hear future episodes before anybody else, join our Patreon, where you'll get episodes three days early, as well as access to Slack and all sorts of other things. You can find us at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. Thanks for listening. Visit us at podlanderpresents.com to find information on all of our shows. I just took a load to the face. Hell, Sully. (laughs) Um, Julie Starbird taking loads to the face since 1994? That's about accurate. Great, great. Um, Speaking of taking loads to the face, no. Uh, (laughs) Okay, we... um, we had a request for an e- inclusion in this episode that I decided we should just make the bit. Sweet. So, Julie. Yeah. You, as we were watching uh, season seven, episode five. Five, five, five I believe. Five? Five, Singapore. Episode, Singapore. It's Let's, Singapore. Let's make sure. Yes, it's six. Five. Episode five. five. We're in the Singapore. back half. Yes. Yes. Um, we were watching Singapore, and, uh, and they kept talking about the Nuklavi. And Julie was like, who's this, who's the, who's the fucking Nuklevy? Was this going to be some creepy person who's creeping on the house, right? Who's the Nuklevy? Yes. Um, the crowdcast would like you to um, submit your guesses. Who or what is the Nuklevy? Okay. You if, will be judged. Great. I should hope so because I'm judging everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. I might as well just offer myself up for judgment as well. So... If it's going to be a real person, which is my instinct right now, because okay. of the crisp packets and the water bottles and the shit that they are what, dropping around. you think around. the Loch Ness Monster doesn't eat crisps? No. Mm-mm. Uh, I think it is somebody from the town that maybe had some kind of relation to somebody that lived in Lallybrock or knows of Lallybrock or, like, was watching it while it stood fallow to see if anybody moved in and now is, like, spying on the family to like see what's happening. Like a squatter? Happening. Not like a squatter, like somebody, somebody who wants to know what's going on in that house. Okay. Right. So just somebody that lives in the town that maybe was related to Leary or related to, I don't know, somebody who knows something about their history and is now like trying to spy on the family that moved in. So you think it's like Leary's great, great granddaughter or some shit? Grandson, granddaughter, somebody who's just like wants to know who lives there now. Okay, cool. That's one guess. I want two more guesses. Okay. Uh, supernatural guess? Sure. The ghost of Bono. Of Bono? Yeah, the guy they buried. Oh, right. That Ian and Jamie buried? Yes. Right. Yeah. Two. My guess, number two, is the ghost of Bono. Great. And my number three guess is the ghost of Jamie. Okay. You mm-hmm. think the ghost of Jamie is eating chips and drinking water and Not literally? Really? Not really. So that's why I think it's a real person. I think if it was the ghost of Jamie, he'd be fixing the roof. Yeah, he would, he would not litter. He definitely would not litter. He would be adding um, windows to Lallybrock, mm-hmm. just like he was adding windows to Fort Ticonderoga. <laughs> it's a sickness. Okay. It's a legitimate sickness. So we've got a ghost of Jamie guest. We've got a ghost of Bono guest. And we've then got, we got a descendant, descendant of, of somebody. somebody related to Lallybrock who lives around and has an interest in what the fuck is happening there. Okay. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> is it the Nuklevy? See, you know what? In like a very particular light, you're right. Okay. One of those is almost right. It's the real person one. It's, cho- it's choice I, number one. No, it's definitely Jamie's ghost. <laughs> 
Is it really? Jamie Skos loves Pringles. <laughs> well, wouldn't you? Yes. If you fucking died in the 1700s and came back to fuck around with your children or the corn grandson, and he brought you a Pringle, would you not be amused? I would pop and not be able to stop. <laughs> okay. All right. Foods from the future Jamie would be really into. Mm. One, Dunkaroos. Oh, yeah. He would love Dunkaroos. He would love, you know what? Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Yes, Flamin' Hot. <laughs> These, uh, we cheesy beasties. Cheesy beasties. Make my tongue sparkle. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Podlander Drugcast and Outlander Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. And we are talking about season seven, episode five, Singapore, uh, written by Taylor Mallory and directed by Tracy credits dear yes <laughs> you know what i feel like tracy dear maybe maybe gets like a like a canon long-running drunk cast joke where we pretend she's really the credits dear because yeah. she did a great fucking job yeah like think about all of the cave porn that was all yes like sincerely you could understand why brie was freaked out yes but it was fucking gorgeous at the same time or that shot of the dam tracy dear deserves our respect for the modern storyline specifically oh this yeah it time. looked great looks great looked like really mm-hmm. really excellent um also as always outlander casting department nailing it fire killing it just really um they are pulling that cannon up the top of sugarloaf mountain is his his name william vandervoort is that his Vandervart. Vandervart. Charles Vandervart. I'm sorry. I just Charles Vandervart Charles plays Van- William. Dude. He's good. He's really good. It's great. He's like... I'm really happy that he's good. And you know what? Willie in the Inbanks is um, such a pain in the ass. But y- you, you love him anyway. I mean, sometimes you don't. But most of the time you love him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, this is making it much easier to love him anyway. because yeah. And also he hasn't gotten to be that much of a pain in the ass yet, but he's a pain in the ass. Because he's, uh, you know, a fucking entitled yeah. British yeah. 21-year-old or whoever the fuck old he is. Um, so is, odds are he's a, he's a dick. Yeah. Um, he's about to learn some things. But, he, but, about he's got that, but he's got that Fraser blood. He's about to learn some things about himself. <laughs> Killing comes easy. First blood. Yeah. And he's about to learn things about others. He is. There is darkness in this world. How do you respond? His horizons are being broadened. He's also down with a woman who has her own opinion. Listen. Which we can already see. No shaking, just quaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a joke Julie made mid-episode. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about the, the sort of three major storylines that we have in this episode, which two of them neatly collide in a way that appeals to me very much. One is... Fort Ticonderoga mm-hmm. um, and people who don't fucking listen to smart people because their egos are more important to them than sense. Mm-hmm. And that applies twice. Yes, it does. In the same storyline. And in another storyline. Anyway, um, uh, our second is William and um, Julie's new favorite characters, the Hunters, the bad bitch Hunters, both of whom... Ca- I told you Denny Hunter was a badass. Yes, badass. He rules. Well, he grew up with his sister, so he understands that women are just people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, that feels, forgive the word, revolutionary at this time in history, right? For yeah. a man to feel that way. Yeah. Um, and also just like smart and cool. Cool. Collected. Just fucking cool. Um, and he's got that dope hat. That hat is really cool. Yeah. We love Denny Hunter. Um, and then three is my favorite storyline of the episode. 
shockingly, when has the Brie Rogers storyline ever been your favorite? Except this time. It's it it's was the best. great. It was a great. All of the little individual pieces were great. This is one of my um, favorite storylines in the books as well. But I was not sure how it was going to translate. Um, Her working at the dam. Everything that happens when they go oh, back. That's right. I forgot because about the Dick Ruckjes in there. We've got the Dick Ruckjes. We've got uh, Jemmy speaking Gaelic in school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've got the Nucklevy. Okay. Like, all right. So these are all like, going to... We've got... All of these things are significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, we've got the letters. We've got uh, like the secrets of Lollybrock. How Lally far Brock. away is the dam from the house from Lollybrock? It's, you know, like three red line stops. Okay. I'm just thinking about Dick Rogers somewhere near the dam. Maybe it is somebody from the past coming back and eating crisps out front. Just get, oh, you did tell me it was batshit. You told me it was batshit. It's batshit. Okay. I'm not going to guess at who it is. I'm just going to, like, open up my guess parameters to somebody from the past who understands how time travel works. I think that in general, with this show, (laughs) you should never rule out... (laughs) Time travel yes. as an option. Of course. There are things, Julie, there are storylines, and who knows if we'll do them. I hope that we do. But there are storylines that involve time travel that you could never guess if you guessed a million times. You could never guess. Okay. I'm very I can't excited. Wait. I can't wait. I'm stoked. Okay. Um, okay, so that's the third plot line yes. is the modern day so stuff. Can we save that one for the end? Yes. Let's that's get through. Um, why don't we start with the one that we're grumpy about? Okay. Which is obviously also complicated. Thank you to everybody in the crowdcast. I have not started my reread of this book yet and um, needed a refresher on something. So um, we're talking about uh, Fort Ticonderoga Ticonderoga and specifically, I I liked everything in the Fort Ticonderoga storyline except for Walter Woodcock, Mm -hmm. um, which I also liked until I didn't. So let's briefly do the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all is Jamie, once again, uh, has a Ruling superior it, officer understands who doesn't it. know jack shit. It's like, look at that hill over there. I know you don't believe me. That's going to be bad news. We can get a cannon up there. Y- yeah, the argument is basically, Jamie is like, listen, there's a, there's a high ground over there. And, and I'm um, a highlander. And I'm a highlander. And I like to be tall. And uh, <laughs> uh, listen, somebody's going to bring a fucking cannon up there. And um, his superior officer is like, oh, you mean the goats? (laughs) The goats are going to bring a cannon up the big hill? Guess who's wrong? Oh, Zutalo. I mean, this one's pretty obvious to dispatch with. Guess who's wrong? French guy is wrong. It's a fun title card, though. Singapore, which we now know refers to the Battle of Singapore in World War II. Um... Specifically in that... About like, the difference between the Americans attacking were like, by land... Nobody could get through the jungle, and the Japanese were like... Attacking by land or attacking by sea. Yeah. Yes. Um, and in this case, it's... You you see territory that you believe to be untraversable, and so you think nobody else could possibly traverse it. Even when a fucking Highlander is like, I I could traverse it. I could fucking do that. Watch um, me. And then um, and Claire then says, seeing is believing, which is also a thematic through line in this episode. And he's like, oh, Claire, you're a, bl- you're a genius. Be right back. Got to drag a cannon up <laughs> this hill. drag like 800 pound fucking gun up this hill. If you'll excuse me, got to grab my cannon, drag and rope. Um, <laughs> I've had it since Culloden. Uh so, so they ja- make it up there. Yeah. So Jamie has uh, Fraser's Irregulars. His, his guys, his Drag men. a cannon up there. I will say, um, strategically, Jamie, we've addressed many times, among his many skills, um, 
polyglot, uh, multilingual oral sex. He um, b- uh, bringing a woman to orgasm using mm-hmm. only his fingers in less than 90 seconds. Wow. Um, like, these are important skills. Um, Some are more important than others. Yes. We also, weak semen. But, you know, um, <laughs> but now he's got those acupuncture needles. So That's just the one con on this yeah, it's list. Just the, well, and he can't sing. Oh, yeah. Unless he is carrying a woman up the stairs. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> on his face and then he can sing ragtime gale mm-hmm. um so that's that's callback that's canon um so he uh uh what among his many skills are, are canon dragging mm-hmm. um and politicking he's good with people he's good with understanding how people work and how they think and all of that stuff um this fails him in this episode because He's already pissed off uh, Pepe Le Pew. Um, mm-hmm. You called him to loose the truck, I know. right? Let's keep it going. Let's, yeah, okay. Um, so Charles de Gaulle is uh, um, just hanging out with Coco Chanel and um, is looking across the river, like wherever the fuck they are, at Sugarloaf Mountain. And Hill. is this a real thing? Sugarloaf Hill, I believe. Is this a real thing from the Revolutionary War? Like, obviously, Benedict Arnold and Ethan Allen took Fort Ticonderoga. Yeah. Did it get lost again? Is that what this is about? I assume so. I have not once again skimmed the Wikipedia page. But yes, and I know at some it, point they... Was it a Sugarloaf Hill thing? Like... <laughs> Um, I uh, do not know. We will have to consult the internet. But uh, I'm assuming yes. Diana likes her research. It seems like probable that that happened. It would would be pretty weird. sad that as an American, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's partially on us, but it's super duper on um, the the fact that the American public school system could use a real shot in the Uh arm, folks. Mm -hmm. Um, Just try to ask me to do math in my head sometime (laughs) for kicks. Uh, anyway, he, um, has already said, listen, um, Gaston, <laughs> um, sorry, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Lefo. He, poor Canelo's toes. He's <laughs> stomping around wearing boots. Yeah. He, uh, uh, okay. Napoleon simmer down. <laughs> t- take a deep breath. I was so excited when I heard that accent. I thought this was going to be Lafayette and it was not it, Lafayette or we riot. Anyway, uh, once they're up, once they got the cannon up there, Jamie starts waving his hat in the air, and then he has his men fucking fire a cannon at a military base that is on high alert, and it goes what I told them to shoot. I told them to miss. Um, Come on, drama queen. And they do miss, but come on, Jamie. Jamie, you you got to give people a heads up. Come on, you could have said, "Pardon me, I'm about to fire a cannon." Please look at how close this comes to us. It will not hit us. As only a test. Yes. Somebody get somebody in the background to be all like, wee. The anxious lady in the medical tent <laughs> totally pissed herself. Yes. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. cool. Not cool, bro. Also, Claire was probably like, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Roosevelt crossword for tech. Okay. So this is really interesting. Hit me. Sugarloaf Hill, when I search it, only shows the uh, Japanese results about okinawa so i'm wondering if that is like a i'm gonna put in revolutionary war go on keep on going and i'm gonna see what i can find um great i will um 
So that is uh, how Jamie um, pisses off a French guy mm-hmm. who then they have another meeting about it later with the actual general. And the French guy's like, no one could have predicted this. And I just can't understand. That actor is funny. Yeah. He's, he's got the like face on um, and it's very funny. I was really surprised that not one of those men in that room, not one, would be like, he did. Not one of them. Well, I mean, you'd be contradicting a superior officer, right? And that guy seems... Well, Jamie makes this point that I thought was very well made, where he says that he can't tussle with this guy because it would be bad for his men. Because if this person was going to retaliate, he would retaliate by giving them either really shitty or really dangerous work. Yes. Right? So, like, Jamie's got a... He's got a... Hold sure. his temper. It's like, um, like right before the house burned down, he was like, please to make your acquaintance, sir. My name before is Before he went, and then he went <gasps> wait, is that guy boo? Um, <laughs> right, he has to have that moment. So unless the French guy point. was, I also did nothing with your wife was assaulted, and then he would get his ass beat. But um, just being a dick who doesn't listen. Which is a recurring theme in the episode. Yes. So this is option one of that guy. That guy. Oh. Yeah. So many that guys. There's a lot of that guy. There's like this episode, every episode of Outlander has at least one that guy, it kind of feels like, but this one has like a, a quite a few that a guys. A dozen, a dozen eggs. We yes. can, we can make several souffles of that guy. The other that guy at Fort Ticonderoga um, is, let's call him, what should we call this motherfucker? Dr. Doom? <laughs> No, no, that's too badass. This guy doesn't get badass name. He gets name. Uh, Dr. Rustsaw. Dr. Um, Bony Fingers. Dr. Dick Fingers. (laughs) Dr. Dick Fingers. That's him. So Dr. Dick Fingers, um, Claire is sharing a medical tent. Um, Because this man is unaware that he is working with the best doctor in the universe... Yeah, living doctor in the universe. Which, like, like, no question. I mean, Claire is a very good doctor, but she also benefits from having a 20th century medical education, which makes her the very best doctor in the entire world. Um, this did happen. Great. I figured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figured as much. So, um, she is just trying to treat her patients and give a nice, give, give Mrs. Bennett her laudanum. Yes. Please um, calm down, bitch. You know what? At least Here you go. If, if Mrs. Bennett were, you know what? If Mrs. Bennett had gone to Brighton and, and had to reside with the militia. This would have been it. Oh, my nerves. Yes. What if we're attacked? Um, ma'am, we're, the French aren't coming to Brighton. But what if we're attacked? No. But in this case, take to your couch. This lady, this lady was like me in March 2020. She was really panicked, and it well not panicked, but she was very anxious. And everybody else was like, "Come on, you're overreacting." And she was like, "No, I'm not." And then at the end, we see her like Cassandra face as she's being rowed away (laughs) from Fort Ticonderoga, just looking at Claire like, "I told you." And you, and you were like, "Take your laudanum," and I was like, "No, seriously, you don't even know." (laughs) Um. Yeah, it's uh, the so they have to evacuate they, the fort. Yeah, they evacuate the fort because sure enough, um, there is a a colonel of um, British army, blah 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 blah, who has that climb that Fraser hill. blood. Yeah, that's he's right. Got, he's a second oh, cousin. That's right. right. So Jamie is like, oh, they're totally gonna they're gonna climb do that it hill. because I know this motherfucker and he would do what I would do. He's they're just running up that road. They're running up that hill. Running up that hill. <laughs> um, and. Uh, 
And then um, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> I'm out of French people. Uh, keep going. I might come up with one. Um, Jacques Pepin. No, that's yes. an insult. No, no I would never. No, but Jacques Pepin works because he would think it was funny. Okay. I promise he would think then it was funny. Jacques Pepin is, uh, is peering through his spyglass at the very crowded mountain covered in those coats. Like, Mondu. Like, <laughs> Zut alors. No, oh. he says, God damn it. Um, which if Scotty were here, she would translate that for us, but I'm just going to mother fucker. Right. <laughs> um, so they have to evacuate. Jamie is like ready. He doesn't say I had the idea. I might have pointed that out to someone. What he does say is I've got my men ready to evacuate people. We've got boats. We'll be faster. He's like clearly because he's already set up for it. Yeah. He, he knows he knew this was coming. So he was like, all right, well, the only thing I can do boy scout bullshit be prepared. Get those boats ready. We're we're gonna be ready to get flee. Fraser's irregulars on it. Fraser's irregulars are on it. Mount uh, up. <laughs> um, meanwhile, over with Dr. Dick Fingers, uh, Claire is doing her thing when, and we'll be talking about how they get there later. Um, she comes face to face with one Mr. Denzel, Denzel Hunter. Hunter, who is really great. He's the best. So we find out here. I don't know if we really found it out in the last episode, but that he is, for the time, a trained surgeon. We did find that out because okay. um, it was in the scene where um, Rachel was shaving William and he was making hard eyes and she was thinking about Ian's dick. Um, yeah. That yes, scene. Still hot, but she was like, Mm-mm. aren't you cute? You're very sweet. You're very handsome. You're very sweet. But... Mm. But come on. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> mm. So she meets Dr. Denzel. Oh my God, can we call him Dr. Denzel? Yeah. She meets Dr. Denzel in over the context of he's having a, a argument combative with discussion. Dr. Dick Fingers. And again, this guy, no shaking, just quaking. Yeah. He is very calm. He never he's gets mad. He's just explaining that we should amputate this leg above the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's got a something, something with an artery, something, something. He understands a coexisting condition that Dr. Yes. Dick Fingers has no idea about. Right, because he, uh, Dr. Dick he's like, I'm taking my leeches and going, yep. right? Like he's not. Um, well, that's after Claire's like, let me go boil all our instruments. Right. And he's like, you don't do that Claire to my Claire comes knife. over and to see what they're arguing about and says, you know what? Actually, I think it's, I'm as surprised as you are, but Dr. Dick Fingers is right. This should be under the knee. And then. Uh, Dr. Denzel like, says, this. no, but, but here. And she goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're right. right. You're right. Hold on. Let's get Bouton over here. He'll give it a sniff and we'll see what he thinks. Um, so she agrees and he gets his knickers in a twist. Dr. Dick, Dick um, Fingers exit left. She says, Goodbye. I'm, I'm going to get water to wash instruments. And Dr. Denzel's like, huh. That sounds cool. That's a Why? good idea. That that was actually a great moment because he's like, water. And she goes, oh, yeah, we need to sterilize everything so that the wounds can heal faster. And you see Dr. Denzel go, huh, yeah. interesting. All right. Ah, uh, she, maybe this woman, this woman this, totally knows what she's talking about. I am pleased to meet you, new colleague. Yeah. If only I worked at a plant in Scotland. Mm, um, we'll get there. And so he's like, no, you're not going to touch my instruments with hot Dr. water, Dick woman. Fingers. And storms out. Um, and then we're led to believe, obviously, that amputation goes fine. Yes. They, that uh, Claire and Dr. Denzel make it happen. And This then guy's name is Walter Woodcock. We meet the patient, he Walter is a, Woodcock. He um, a book character. Um, that I, again, have to do a reread of this book because I have very little memory. I remember his 
wife who he mentions Mm -hmm. um, and who has been cast. So we will be meeting her. Um, But I don't remember much else of the storyline. But he has a lovely little scene with Claire where he's talking about how he and his wife fell in love dancing. And now he's about to lose his leg. And now he's about to lose his leg. Well, had already lost his leg, I think. Oh, yes. Um, Which, by the way, do you know the story of the song Save the Last Dance? Yes, I do. Brief sidebar, very brief sidebar for everybody who wants to be sad. Go look up the uh, the origin story of the song uh, Save the Last Dance for Me. Woof. Um, don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So, darling, save the last dance for me. Um, it's a beautiful, sexy, but sad song. Yeah. Uh, it is, however, not as sad a song as I wish I would rain. If you really want to be sad, go look up the origin story of the other Motown song, I Wish It Would Rain, um, which is a uh, beautiful song that has a, a, a very tragic uh, origin story. Anyway, guys, it's Motown hour. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's uh, Dr. Denzel is like, oh, Claire, I like the way you do the things you do. That's a Motown, that's a Motown joke. <laughs> um and uh, <laughs> it's, it's all, it seems all good, but then tur- turns out it's time to evacuate, and they yeah. have to evacuate in a real hurry because, give me another French person. Because, mm, Matisse. <laughs> because Henri Matisse took too long to make a decision. Uh, so they're in a real hurry, and Jamie says something like, we'll try to get as many of them as we can. Which, of the wounded. Of the wounded, which... Okay, Claire, <sighs> I'm, I really believe that Claire would have tried to fight, but then when we learned the actual medical necessity of what yes. happened... From Larissa, thank you very much. You simmered us down a So this bit. is book stuff, and uh, our pal Larissa, uh, Dr. Slack, um, who is a medical professional Mm -hmm. assures us that if they tried to move him at all, his sutures would explode and he would bleed out. I get it too, because the, the, the artery, the femoral artery or whatever's in the leg is huge, right? So they just severed it. Yeah. So it needs time to close before you can put pressure on it by standing or moving. Fun fact. Uh, that's how my surgery worked. Snip, snip. They went through your femoral artery? And they shot some stuff. Damn. I know. Science. Science, bitch. That's, uh, How did science work? gets a big shout out on this episode. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Okay. Okay, so unfortunately he cannot go. Yes. Which was a bummer to us until we learned more additional context. But I do think um, that people who have not read the books would perhaps rightly be pretty frustrated by this storyline because Outlander has not done super well by black people. If this storyline is important enough to keep, and it seems to them it is, um, and this other character who's very significant will come into play Mary, later. his wife. Uh, Mercy. Mercy. Yes. Mercy, his um, wife. Okay. So, th- so that is, it's important. Yeah, I understand why it is that he's here. Um, just cast more fucking black people. Yeah. Like you've got to find Don't make a way it, because it's such a you're like, out, oh, right? here's a, a black character who's getting a great scene, and they haven't talked about slavery at all. At no point is he being abused or um, discriminated against. Nope. Um, none of that happens. And also, he is the sacrifice. Well, which but is, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's like a trope so that like, is not great. The first scene. Great. So good. Great. And then... Claire comes in with a bottle of laudanum and it's like, you're going to have to just hang out, Sorry, you're going to have to hang out with the Brits. Um, Which, you know what? We've seen some some British gentlemen of honor 
And we've seen some who light sex workers on fire. Let's hope that we get more of the men of honor Mm. and less of the men who might light sex workers on fire. Doubtful. Um, But speaking of men of honor, Mm -hmm. uh, Ian Murray, our other Fort Ticonderoga story. We'll do this one real briefly. Okay. Um, Ian... Uh, somebody finds out, some other general who isn't French, um, finds out, um, so he would be uh, Peter the Stink. <laughs> right? I don't know. Is that is that the translation of Pepe Le Pew? Peter Pe- the Stink? Pepe is Pe- Philip. Philip the Stink. Philip the Stink. So Philip the Stink says, hey, I heard you speak Mohawk. Got a job for you. Take this letter. Don't look at it. Yeah. Don't ever open Spy it. Spy twins. Spy twins. Sp- um, a fucking, it's true. Yeah. So you got to take this to such and such village and deliver it to such and such guy. Cause we want to see if we can get the Mohawk on our side. And Ian is like, um, um that's no, can you um, give me literally any other I job? My ex lives there. Was married and it was very sad for me. And please I don't, don't make me please. No. And then the guy once again is like, uh, where at work go. And Ian is like, Ugh, you okay. know what? Fine. Fair point. So off he goes. Um, the first thing that he sees upon returning to this village is his former wife, Emily, Emily, um, Wawatanoe, I think, uh, mm-hmm. uh, works with her hands is the translation of her name, but he calls her Emily. Um, it's the same actress. She's beautiful looking good uh, costumes once again yes oh god ian's costume in this episode yes. we'll save it for costumes but it is choice um i'm so glad they have that outlet because the revolutionary yeah. war stuff is all so similar right yes and to get to oh, see something different is totally just, ugh, um, so good. i jumped ahead just a little bit we get a rare treat in this episode which is a claire ian scene oh yeah i love a claire ian scene this is also a scene in which ian says and i quote Sperm. <laughs> Tell him how you spell it. Uh, that is S P E H Y R M. Sperm. Because um, he wants to know why it is uh, that he couldn't have a baby, yes, that he couldn't that, father that a child. That his wife lost her baby. I think that this is uh, a particularly solid scene, both because I just love seeing those two characters together, but also because. Outlander should do this more often. At no point does Claire have to remind us that she had a miscarriage. Nope. The scene is about how she also had a miscarriage. Yes. But it doesn't have to come up. We remember, and more importantly, she remembers, and it's Katrina who reminded us with what we call acting. Yeah. So she acting. she has never told Ian about I'm not that. sure. Ian might know. No, you know what? I think Ian does know about Faith because I think Ian, Jamie told Ian about yeah. Faith when he was comforting That's him, correct. Right? That is correct. But it doesn't have to come up. But for them to both have that shared knowledge and for Claire to explain the reality yes. of the science of reproduction to him while he is soaking it all up. That's the thing about Ian is he is he is receptive. Yes. And he listens and he's he... curious. Curious, yes. Yeah, he's, I think that might be a defining quality of Agreed. Ian Murray. Way back from the beginning, when he was like, I, yes, would love to have sex with a prostitute, right? Mm-hmm. Or oh, are you my Auntie Claire? My mom says you're a witch. Let's hang out, yes. right? Like that. How did she do that and this? I want to I go in the cave. I'm going to go in the cave. <laughs> I want to, I'm going to stay with the Mohawk. I am going to befriend this 
wolf. I have got the hots for a Quaker. Like it's he's, he's very great. curious. He is open minded and inquisitive, um, and sometimes and it gets him into trouble. But mostly, it has served learning. him very well. Yes. yes, open to learning, and so he learns something from Claire right here, which is it does it. It just happens all the time. Yes, and little you could you could see sneaking sneaking it right in. Um, uh, women don't talk about it very often, mm-hmm. which is still true. Yes. Like, that's still true. Um, and it's really hard, and no one should be forced to talk about their trauma, but I do think that we live in a society in which uh, women are m- encouraged to keep that sort of pain private, mm-hmm. um, and also it is sometimes shamed. Yes. Um, which well, is shame fucked. is the control arm of the patriarchy. Yeah, That's yeah. how they which harms all us keep all. us down. I and, mean, in yeah. this episode, the patriarchy uh, uh, attacks is rampant. In it attacks in the medical tent. It uh, by sea, by land, by dam, by dam, <laughs> and by camper camper van. Camper van. Oh my God! Is the person living in the van? I no, doubt it. No, because they have to sleep in the... Anyway. They've got those, anyway, Patty, got those lights on all the it's, Right now, right. it's their... They sec- live in there. Hey, right now, it's their fairy hut. Yes. Because they're... We'll because get, we'll get there. Jamie and... Yeah, it's it's sex hut. Okay. Um, so Ian goes back to... He takes the mission after he's spoken with Claire to try to... with the knowledge of the fact that there is nothing wrong with his sperm. Right. So he should... He He's gathered himself for this, what he perceives to be a kind of sad reunion yes and then he comes up on emily and it is just a beautiful scene yeah really simple you can see her clock him immediately and see that he is sad see that he is not um all together but not angry not angry and not no anger uh and it's not um accusatory there's no fighting nor is it there any real longing he's not he's not there trying to to win win her her back back, Mm -hmm. right it's it is not um a selfish encounter in any way no uh it's everybody needs an ex like ian you need at least one good ex where it's like this was complicated but man i still respect you as a person yeah you're cool i care about your feelings i'm glad that you're happy i might not be happy but that's okay i'm sorry this happened like just vibes Mm-hmm. Um, and they have this lovely little exchange. Um, and she, he says, you didn't ask if I'm happy. She says, I have yeah, eyes. eyes. Yeah, you're a sad boy. Um, but not sad boy, sad man. He, sad man. Yeah, Ian is not sad boy. No. There is a difference He's between feelings man. Yes. He is not a sad boy. He is a feelings man. Yeah. There like is a Jamie. difference. He's a feelings, feelings man. man. He is allowing himself to process these feelings as opposed opposed to sad boy, which is kind of performative. Yes. Or um, selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Like internal. But then she says something about her kids. Like, how does it come up? Well, she says um, that she can't go very far. It's uh, she has to take care of her son and daughter. He says, oh, your family has grown. Excellent. They have a lovely little chat. And then he says, can I meet your son? Which, sexist. But, but yeah, also, can I just meet your kids? Yeah. Why do you got to, whatever. Maybe the, he assumed there's no point in meeting a baby. Which, fair. Okay. Listen, when we meet babies, that's good for us. Yeah, we're like, hey, cute baby. Then we move on. Yeah. 
It, eventually, when, when you, you meet a kid, when you hang out with babies, sure. But you have to hang out with babies for it to matter to the baby. If you meet a baby, the baby's not like, nice to meet you. Yeah, the like, baby's like, not, I, don't, the baby, I don't remember shit. Is it time to put a boob in my mouth? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she says, uh, yeah, yeah, you can, you can meet my son. She walks over and it's like, hey, small, conspicuously white child. Yeah. Will you Get go over, over there? Go meet this guy. Um, that is swiftest of lizards. Swiftest of lizards. Uh, and they found the cutest fucking kid. With Except the, for Amanda. Yes. <laughs> Mandy really is cute the kids. cutest. There are a lot of cute kids in this show. Um, Children of the Corn or not, there's some cute kids. He's kind of cute too, though, in a he's different cute. way. He's cute. He's got that beautiful blonde hair, mm-hmm. and he's just constantly making trouble on speaking Gaelic. And um, he does have like a ghosty thing about him, though. This is like excellent casting. Yeah, he's got. He sees dead people. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. He sees dead he people. He sees dead people. He sees dead people. I have so many notes written about the. In fact, the first note I wrote for this episode, and we'll get there, is that's what you get for having creepy psychic kids. <laughs> um, I did have that too. I wrote mountain goats. I told you not to play in the graveyard. Your kids are weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've been through a lot, folks. Um, but point is, um, we see this, this other cute, cute kid, kid uh, and it takes Ian maybe five seconds longer than it should to clock what's to happening. To be like, oh, that's my kid. Yeah. Uh, Julie had some timeline questions. I do too. This is a large child. Um, and it's Outlander has not been great about informing us about the passage of time always. Um, so we know it's been a long t- a while, but we it's <laughs> unclear exactly how long. How long it's been. Uh, but basically, what it amounts to is when Ian, when... Um, uh, Emily's grandmother was like, listen, you gotta go. You gotta, you're, you're out of the sex house. Yeah. And he's like, oh man. So he okay. leaves, goes, goes to the Ridge. It's for the best. He's dealt with his grief. She's dealt with her grief. They have this lovely little meeting. Turns out when he left, she's knocked up because now there's a little tiny Ian James because, uh, Emily asks Ian to give him, uh, a name for when he walks in that world, right? So wow. when he is dealing with white people, he needs a white person name. And Ian says, your name is Ian James. Oh. Yeah. And he says, I like it. Also, he knows. Um, he says, are you Wolf's brother? And Ian says, yes. He says, uh, my grandmother said, you're the father of my spirit, but that I shouldn't tell my dad. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad knows. Oh, Dad knows. Dad knows. Where'd, she, where'd he get the blonde hair? Yeah, Dad knows. Uh, and are we going to get a scene with them? There's one in the book, but I don't think... It's not going to happen here. Yeah. Okay, so I what we learned... I think that's a wrap on Emily. What we learn is he's got... Ian has a son. Yeah. Great. Who seems to be thriving, and frankly, it is in his best interest to, to stay, stay there. As far away from white people as he possibly can. And fucking Ian knows it. Oh, yeah. Ian Ian's knows like, it. okay, cool, sorted, love you, mean it. I gotta go give this letter to someone. And then, yeah, let's move on from this. Okay. okay. Um, so, the hunters. Oh, that's the last Fort Ticonderoga. We'll just, we'll just say this. Sex eyes. Ooh. Um, that is... Some of the best on-screen chemistry I have straight up ever seen. It really is good, and it's it's really interesting to see it. That's like done, some Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon shit done by a woman who is supposed who is inhabiting a character of uh, deep religious faith and like 
she is just horny. She's horny. And you can see it. Her eyes are... I don't know. It's, I it's, don't know that I would say horny. I think she, like Ian, is open and curious. Right, but She's there are open. sex darts. Uh, oh, sex I know there are darts. sex darts, but... But I don't, I don't think Rachel Hunter is a sexually experienced person. Oh, no, no. That's I what think, I'm saying. That I it's... think what, that most women, uh, frankly, a lot of women even today, if you found yourself in a situation where it was like instant fucking chemistry, like pheromones off the charts, holy shit, this is on, a lot of people would tamp that down. Right. right. And she doesn't. That's, it's not like she throws herself at him. No, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. She's inexperienced. She's, you know she hasn't had sex. She's acknowledging what is happening to her physically and emotionally. And it's she's so good at it because it's fascinating to watch it happen. Yeah. Like and you can just see her. It's almost, you I can like see it being guy. like almost to disconcerting guy. to her. Like it's, the, yeah. the, God, this actress she's is so good. good. The way she's playing it, it's like unfamiliar mm-hmm. but pleasurable mm-hmm. right like she this is a new experience and she is very into it but she doesn't totally understand it mm-hmm. um anyway they meet up again in fort ticonderoga and ian i offer you my protection as well mm-hmm. finds out she's been hanging out with claire which <laughs> match made right. in heaven right mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. um like you thought you were like lizzie i'm gonna teach you all about doctoring and lizzie was like mm-hmm, yeah great mm-hmm. yeah okay <laughs> This is, this is speaking of the child of your spirit. Yeah. This is your, your natural, um, descendant, Claire, this, this girl speaking your language. Anyway, they make more sex eyes at each other and it is extremely hot. Right. And then we find out that Rachel, this is the past story that we're about to talk about. So Rachel and Denzel and Willie make out from Quaker town. <laughs> they leave from, um, the pl- whatever place where uh, Willie was delivering his, his D letters, D letter, D better, D better. Um, and they're on the road. Yeah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, British J- Jason Manzukis is like cutting down a tree. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had halfway through the crowd. Kind out. of an insult to Jason Manzukis though, because I, I would, I, I would, I would write it. Then bargain basement British Jason Manzukis. Okay, good. Yes. But Jason Manzukis is, is hot shit. He is like, I don't know why I want to bone him, but I've always wanted to bone him. I have a question about that actor though. Where'd he get the Jason Manzukis hair? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. So they see Sweeney Todd standing on the side of the road, uh, cutting down some trees and they're like, good sir. Are we headed in the right direction? And he says, no. Spoiler alert. They probably were like the, this whole plot line could have been avoided with Google maps. Um, <laughs> it's like, you should have turned left back there several hours and uh and rachel's like oh no that's like four hours back and denny says should we just camp here for the night and williams uh, is indecisive and um this guy with the british accent which is the only information that william needs to trust a person apparently yep. like why don't you come and stay with me and my wife he goes yes good sir thank you yes indeed all british here tea crumpets rats the monarchy <laughs> um so they go back to what And I do not remember this story from the books because, again, I I need to reread this book. Um, So I want to claim credit. Uh, They showed the, it was an exterior shot of that house. And I said, murder house immediately. Immediately. Uh, It's because you know what? We've seen a murder house before. Yeah, we have. We are familiar. Beardsley's house of horrors. Yes. We are familiar with the the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And that's that aesthetic. So they go inside the murder house. Never do that. Bad idea. Um, And they sit down to eat. And Murder Wife makes dinner of rats. It's really it, gross. It's rat stew 
she didn't skin them. Did you see the one that still had yes. fur on it? Yes. Oh, it was. Rachel's like, Willie, excuse me, please. And she <laughs> goes outside bolts. for some air. And uh, Willie follows her. And she's like, I just can't. I, I can't, um, I can't listen, I can't. Uh, Willie, though, he eats it. Which turns out to be great life-saving yeah um you know in the scene in bridesmaids where they all shit <laughs> in the dressing room of the fancy dress place mm-hmm. um and melissa mccarthy <laughs> sits on the sink and yells it's coming out of me like lava that's what's about to happen that's to a, what's when about he, to happen to willie when he, he wakes, wakes up, up at like three in the morning and like oh oh, oh, oh no the oh, rats no. disagreeing with me uh, and then he hears the conspicuous sound of two murder people tiptoeing and he turns around and says oh could you not sleep either like the knives in their hands aren't a dead giveaway and then rachel sees the wife coming up behind with another knife and she screams and yes. that's when willie knows it's on and because quakers are non-violent willie's like oh god uh, gee, I sure hope I've got some Scottish Terminator blood in me somewhere. Hmm. Um, so he grabs a fireplace poker and takes out Sweeney Todd. But can I talk about taking out Sweeney Todd yes, for just please. a second? He fucking hit that guy over the goddamn head and it didn't stop him. Like, what's up with British Sweeney Todd? Yeah, he went like, <sighs> yeah, he's like into it. But then Willie kills him. Yeah, he gets him uh, with the fireplace poker directly to the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charles Vandervaart is very good in these scenes, I think. Um, so they uh, manage to subdue Murder Wife. And um, this is all also after they had the discussion on the road yes. about would you kill somebody so, in, a, in a moment of safety or what? Okay, totally. so they've discussed, and, they've and discussed it. Willie and Rachel have this. Not combative, but like a little bit. It must be said that William is a bit of a reply guy. Yes, um, like we have, <laughs> yes. we have established that he um, doesn't have anything to put in his fucking death song. So shut up already. He's got a new verse. He has a new verse, um, and he all of a sudden has a different understanding of uh, what it means to take a life. And he says, "I didn't expect it to feel this way. I think if it was in battle, I would have been prepared." And she says. No, you wouldn't. Rachel's like, no, bro. Um, and they have this, it's a great, that it's a great little really scene great. Um, where it's obvious that she also feels a connection to William, but it is not the same. It's not a sex size connection. Um, so they have this lovely little exchange where they're trying to decide what to do with murder wife. Um, because the William of 16 hours previous would have been like, well, let's dispatch her. Right. Mm -hmm. Because. But now that he's killed somebody, he's like, not so easy. No, it's maybe losing her husband um, and having to eat rats is punishment enough. But maybe they'll bring her to the law. It's unclear what actually happens. Um, But they do not kill her, which, you know what? Not bad for a Fraser. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) One stone unturned. (laughs) His no kill count. One. One. So they leave her there, I guess, to fend for herself, which is quite a punishment for to a woman alone. To cook her alone. rats and count her jewels. She does have all those jewels. They don't take anything away from her. Yeah, they were killing people and robbing them, so that's what we learned. What a cool, what a cool enterprise, popping rats into pies. <laughs> Gross. Wouldn't do in my shop. Just the thought of it's enough to make you sick. It is. And I'm telling you, them so, rats is hard to skin. Allison was kind of grossed out by this. Obviously, everybody's Blech. grossed out by this. But I remember last week with the wounds... In the wound makeup, I too almost threw up. So yep. we t- in two, vault. yeah, ooh, 
in two episodes, we both have had the vomit response. Yes. So Willie and the hunters hit the road and they end up splitting up. The hunters are headed to Fort Ticonderoga. Yeah. Willie is headed to give the letter, deliver the letter to somebody else. And then meet up with the, with his spy boss, uh, in upstate New York or maybe Canada. Ticonderoga? Okay. He's not going to Ticonderoga. He's because British. Mm-hmm. Uh, which he's like, you go that way. I'm going to oh, go yeah, that's right. this way. And by the way, if any British people give you any trouble, you tell them that uh, you, demand to see, you demand to see their superior officer and that you know a friend of theirs. And she's like, well, yeah, what friend? He goes, mm, Harold, Duke of Podlow. She's like, yeah, who's that? And she's like, he's a mm, relation. That's his uncle. That's um, John's brother, who you may recall from making it so Jamie didn't get executed at Culloden mm-hmm. um, back in the day. So uh, we love Hal. Um, hope we get to see him soon. So uh, they're so like, oh, the hunters are like, oh, he's British. he's British. Oh, is he on the run? Trouble follows those guys. Yeah, they think he's a deserter. Nope, he's just a very bad, bad spy. spy. Bad spy. Very bad spy. What he did just there was like the worst spy thing. Yeah. Was he it's let just, them know something about him? Friend. Yeah. Um, so that's a wrap on uh Willie for this episode. Um and also a wrap on the hunters. The hunters house. make it to Fort Ticonderoga and then have the scenes we discussed already at Fort Ticonderoga. Okay. Right. Now I need a beer before we start talking about the modern day shit because I am so enthusiastic about it that I can barely contain myself. Great. Let's pause. Okay. Okay, so as listeners of this show will know, I have never really been enthused about the Roger and Brianna storyline, just generally speaking. Some, there have been great isolated moments, but they haven't always handled Brian and Roger super well. And it must be said that they cast like an incredibly charming human teddy bear to play Roger and then kept all the storylines where Roger sucks. Yeah. So that's complicated. Like it's, it's not a particularly fun viewing experience because... Um, it's, it's just not even any fun to be mad at him. Yeah. You've, if you're going to be mad at him, you want to be mad. At, like, it's more fun to be mad at Jamie mm-hmm. than it is to be mad at Roger. Because, because Jamie is like a, like a, He's a statue of a Greek god. Yeah. And Roger is like a, and I mean this with great affection, and I would climb him like a tree. He's a Build-A-Bear. You know yes. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's cuddly. Yes. Uh, and Jesus Christ, he looks good in plaid. He's hot in this episode. Future Roger is hot. He's hot in this episode. Listen, you remember when Maybe Roger... Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that he's more at home in this time zone Maybe. or whatever, and he's just hotter. I mean, And that's why I like the storyline better. Maybe it's just that Richard Rankin is so happy to be wearing jeans. Yes. You know what? I would too. He looks good in jeans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, The aesthetic suits him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're back at the flipping of the brock. Mm-hmm. And here we have also got multiple storylines. And I think all of them are, even though they're just teasing most of them out, all of them are great. They're still flipping the brock, which looks sick. It is beautiful. Yeah. These sets are so fun to look at. They've got so many rich details in them. It is great. And it's, um, their kitchen is the exact color of Julie's dining room. It's true. It's great. Um, <laughs> the plants are great. All the furniture is cool. Um, they've got like a very chic camper van. Yeah. Who 
first of all, I think it's the same company. It's a historical company. It's been around since the colonies. They are a uh, contracting firm that will either build a house for you or build a camper van for you. And so the camper van, to me, reminds me of the big house on the ridge. Like, how? Who did this? How do you get a camper van with a mid-century modern balustrade between the front door and the dining room? Like, where does this come from? Who built this? It's very cool. It's For those of you who have not listened to the first early episodes of Girls Just Want to Solve Crimes, there's a pivotal, pivotal scene in a camper van. And I'll tell you what didn't look fucking anything like that. No, it looked like a trailer, which is what it is. Yeah. But this looks like a little house, and it appears that they're only sleeping in there because they're still working on the bedrooms. But I think... But I think that Jemmy and Mandy are sleeping in the... It's unclear where exactly they're living. Also, the lights appear to be out on the camper van at all times. Mm -hmm. Guys... You, I'm, I promise you, they're using a generator. That's just bad economics. Turn that shit off. They didn't know that back then. They didn't know about you climate got, change back you, then. You gotta do, oh, yeah, but they know about bills. I guess that's Turn true. Those Unless they're off. just using Listen, gas. Listen, Unless is- Brianna made something. Yeah, never mind. Brianna <laughs> invented whatever is lighting the camper van. Um, so uh, they're flipping the brock, and Bria's starting her new job. And. Um, what was the underwear scene about? I didn't really catch what that oh. was. <laughs> um, mild sexual content. Yeah. Um, so Brie and Roger are just having a wee chat before Brie goes to work. First day. Uh, yes. First mm-hmm. day. Um, and he comes up to her and is like, Hey baby, you looking good basically. Um, and then they start smooching and he puts his hands on her ass and realizes that she is not wearing underwear. And he's like, what's this? What's this about? And she says, oh, well, I, I just got used to, not I just got underwear. used to not wearing them because we lived in the past. So sometimes I just don't wear them. And, uh, so then he massages her butt a bit. It's pretty hot. It's cute. They look great together. And then he says, I like you in your knickers. And she says, you like taking them off. And then they start smooching and then they hear, <laughs> and they turn around and, and there's a little perverted kid. Amanda standing Mandy there. Just standing there watching them. It's very cute. So then Brie heads to work. She, mm. She's getting a tour of the place. She gets into a really sweet sick Range Rover, Land Rover. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, terrible boss who wanted her to give him tea, but uh, he weirdly is kind of fine out of the he group. He seems like maybe he's over it. Yeah, he seems like maybe like okay, it's your job now. He Here does you say go. good luck. He does say good luck. Um, so. She he drives her over to where the maintenance folks are all hanging out on this dam that is shot beautifully, a gorgeous location. The filming is beautiful. We meet a bunch of buttholes, yeah. one of whom looks like if you took a person, if you took one of the characters from Little Rascals and then <laughs> aged him up thirty years, but didn't change anything else. And you know what energy he was serving me? What Angus? A little <laughs> bit. It's not. It's, it, it, he's got the he's got the face. Um, of somebody who got away with a bunch of shit when he was little um, and was also the stooge of the big bully. Yeah. Which, spoiler, he's still the stooge he's of the still big the bully. Stooge. Yeah. Um, we meet a bunch of them and learn their names, and I don't care about most of them. The one that we care about. need to know is Rob Cameron, who um, I told Julie is pronounced Rob, put two middle fingers up, Cameron. Um, <laughs> he sucks. Uh, they give her the evil eye. And she says, All right, well, great. 
Um, I hear you're installing a turbine today. Can one of you take me to show me that? And Rob Cameron says, that's my project. I'll take you. And she says, oh, thank God. Thank you. So they take her to some deep, dank, dark entrance to this dam. Yeah. They're like, here you go. Take my torch. Go on in. And then they lock her in. And the torch is that dead. has no batteries. Yeah, so it's dead. great, fellas. She peers out the door and they're going, hee hee, we got a ghoul. And they get in the car and drive away and she's pissed and freaked uh, out. So, But guess what our girl has done? She has memorized the entire schematic of the interior of this dam. Pretty so close. she has to panic for a second because this does suck. But then, thanks to her invention from 1774, yes, she lights she, a match she's and like, turns the lights oh, off. Oh, thank God I made another batch of matches yesterday. Thank God. She pulls out a match. She finds the um, control panel. power box, right? Like, oh, we blew a fuse again. And she turns on the lights. She's like, all right, guess it's time for me to get the fuck out of here. And she heads forward and takes a right. And Sophie Skelton does a good job in this scene. She's very determined. She's got kids. She has a little bit of a panicky moment, but then she calms herself and is like, wait, I know this thing inside and out. Okay, I here I go. It. She starts making her way back to wherever the fuck it is she's making her way back to. But then she takes a turn. And there is blue... Xanadu, baby. It's... How much Doctor Who did you watch with Neil? I've seen enough Doctor Who. Okay. So you'll understand what I mean when I say she sees this cloud of blue stuff, um, and it sounds like this. Yes, I will. Like, the TARDIS is definitely about to emerge from that. Um Julie, I'm not going to say shit because book reader, Julie hypothesized during the crowdcast that that was... Dick Rutches. Yes. I said um, stone circle goo. She said, oh, Dick Rutches. Yeah. Um, because Bree sees it, is understandably freaked she out because what the fuck is that? kind of hears the weird bee and, like, sound. feels it, right? Yeah. Like she can Her head feel hurts. it. She has to know, she right? She does not mention it to Roger, which I think is pretty weird. That is I mean, weird. I guess it was a big freaky day. Maybe she just didn't remember. Like maybe, you that know, when you have out. one of those terrible, <laughs> I know, but you know when you have one of those terrible days and it all just kind of becomes a wash of yes. terrible yeah. and the big event getting locked in, mm-hmm. um, like the, the supersedes all else. Yes. Yeah. Um, or at least like supersedes dick rutches. Yeah. Hard to do. Um, so she goes running through it and thankfully does not emerge in 2022. God, I really thought it was going to happen. I thought she was going to come out of a door, open it up and be like, what did you say? I said she's going to open the door and see uh, tourists who are visiting Outlander filming locations. <laughs> Uh, but no, she gets out. She's telling the story later to Jemmy and Amanda. And she's really putting a good face on too because yeah. she wants to keep the mood light for her children. Oh, they were hazing me and I got out and all my I coworkers applauded. It was because I did my homework and I understood where everything was, like trying to reinforce a positive message to the yes. children. Yes, they're eating dessert. Roger, because Roger this week is it's earning his beard. A little sensitive. He's earning his beard. He sees her not having oh, a great time. No, first... They are drinking champagne That's right. with dinner. Yeah. Right? You know what? So Roger was playing stay-at-home dad today. He tried to build a wagon. He mm. saw... Um, we'll get to the... Yeah. He's yeah. got some other stuff. Uh, but when Brie got home, that man handed her a glass of champagne and sat her down. Congratulations on your first day, baby. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Ugh, right? Yes. Then she, the, he notices she's upset. So he says, kids, finish your dessert. Come with me. And they go into the study. 
And he's, he's like, like, what's going on? And she tells him re- what really happened. <sighs> so and he mad. says, I'm sorry they're such assholes. And I'm sorry if I didn't tell, if I didn't make it clear earlier how proud I am of you. And Thank he, you, it's like, Roger. Good, Roger. That is growth. Uh, he also um, sort of like bumps the desk with his hip and a secret drawer pops out, which, sweet. And in it is a very fancy like tortoiseshell pen. It's beautiful. That he bought her for her to use at work. Um, and it's a lovely little scene. Gift. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a great scene. So we see that Brianna uh, makes up her mind. She's like, I I have to go back. I have to go into them. I have to be. This is like the Singapore thing, like the by land, by sea, by whatever. She realizes she has to go on the offensive with yeah. these motherfuckers because they're not gonna. They may never accept her, but if she doesn't try from now to show them that she knows what's up, she's doomed. So she goes to the local pub, which has zero women in it. You're in the wrong place, sweetheart. Yeah, and everybody makes fun of her, whatever. And she finds the group of the buttholes, and she sits down, and she just She says something them. to the effect of, how many tunnels does a girl have to get locked in to get a drink in here? And one guy gets up and leaves the table. Yeah, fuck that Some guy. Some other people laugh, right? Um, and then... All the gentlemen start bonding over their shared trauma when they got locked in the tunnels. Right. Uh, And then Brianna's like, ha, 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 ha. No, seriously. And then she turns to Cameron and she's like, all right, here's the bag. You had your fun. If you ever do this again, I will have a lot of you fired. Only he can hear this, by the way. He also called, and don't call me hen. He's like, all right, can I, all right. um, Gov? Gov, yeah. Yeah. Can I get a drink from a colleague? Um, And I think it was a really smart approach. She was like, I'm going to do 10% just one of the guys, 90% Hellfire and Brimstone. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just lightly switch the percentage, right? Mm -hmm. So she's like, hey, look at me. I belong here too. If you fucking try me again, I will end you. I will end your career. Like you don't understand. My father has killed 796 people. (laughs) And I'm six feet tall. Um, it's, It's great. Good for her. Uh, meanwhile, back at the Brock, um, children of the corn, children of the corn in it. Uh, we've got Jemmy and Mandy playing in a graveyard. These are, <sighs> these are all things that are probably going to continue, right? We've got Jemmy and Mandy playing in a graveyard because Granda's there. They miss Granda. She says, if you found their headstones, I don't want to know. He's like, no, but I made a, uh, cairn. cairn. Come see ma. She's like, not today, Jim. I've got other. I, I told shit going you on. that's by the way when I wrote down that's what you get for having creepy psychic kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you not to play in the graveyard. Like, sorry, Ma. We wanted to have creepy psychic conversations with our granda. Um, the episode ends with Bree having a nice chat with Jamie at the Cairn. It's lovely. Oh yeah, and the way they took the camera off and let her talk underneath that Very was really nice. cool. Yeah, it was a good mm-hmm. touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sophie Skelton is really good in this episode. So we we know that Jimmy is seeing something or hearing something or feeling something. Again, creepy psychic kids. Yeah. That's point one. Point two. Red rum. Jimmy also comes back from school and he's heading up the driveway to his dad, who is out in the driveway building what appears to be a wagon um, or someone in the crowd said um, a child sized room. Uh, thrift size room. Get the kids in there. Go thrifting. Oh no, I meant like a, like a little car for him to drive oh, around. Oh yeah, like a yeah, soapbox like, derby car. Yeah. Oh how cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, he's building something with wheels on it for the kids. Being a good stay at home dad. Way to go, Roger. Um, so he sees Jemmy coming off the drive after getting out of his 
what also appeared to be a Land Rover yeah. <laughs> place with school bus, however the fuck he got home. And he uh, instead takes, Jimmy a, takes hard a hard right, left. Hard left. Hard left and goes into mysterious building that we think we have seen before. Was it in the, the rookery? Yeah, maybe. Because you could see all those little uh, hutches yes. and stuff. But there's a big sign on the door that says keep out. And Jimmy's like, that seems like an invitation. And he goes in. He's just sitting sadly in this weird building. Roger comes. He's like, it's not safe in there. You've got to come out. Come sit on this log with me and let's have a conversation like Maine. They sit down. <laughs> And uh, he says, I got in trouble at school. And he tells this story about how first, like, it's one thing after another, this story. First, a bunch of shitty kids were saying that his mom and Mandy and he were all going to burn in hell as papists. Right? Catholics. Right. So that sucks. And Roger says, well, that's not true. And you know what you say to that? And, And Jimmy says... Yeah, I'll see you there. And just turns and says it. He was that good. That kid was really good really in that good. moment. And yeah. then he says that he said it in Gaelic. Mm-hmm. And Roger's like, oh. Then the teacher came over and said, we speak English in this class and shook him by the ear. Mm-mm. Then Jemmy used one of granddad's curses in Gaelic. And so he said, like, you're a pig's vagina or whatever the whatever fuck Jamie to this teacher. Something Jamie <laughs> says in Gaelic. Um, then she calls the headmaster, and the headmaster um, told him to hel- hold out his hands, and I'm assuming hit them with a ruler. He says, mm-hmm. gave you two licks or whatever, something. Something to the belt, uh, maybe? But it's f- physical punishment. Yes. This is a school Terrible. where they are physically abusing children And you can see Roger's face being like, what? And then Tell me Jimmy more. says, are you mad? And he says, not at you. Not at you, friend. Um, so that's not great. Then they're about to head back up for some, um, I'm sorry you got abused at school pudding or something. Yeah. Um, oh no, sorry. Beans on toast. Yeah. Beans on toast. The preferred snack of RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two runner up taste. Beans on toast. Um, they are getting ready to go have beans on toast when Roger's like, and by the way, Jimmy, don't leave your wrappers. Don't litter. We don't litter. Look at this. And that little shit says, it's not my garbage, and just walks away. No, you pick it up anyway. Save the planet, Jim. Also, who is eating that? We talked about that at the beginning. Oh, he says it was the Nuklevy. Nuklevy. So this is a quote-unquote lie that Jemmy has told multiple times. Yes. And we think maybe that's a wrap. Spoiler, it's not. One of the cutesy scenes that Bree and Roger are having where they're having grown-up conversation, um, I think it's uh, when she's talking about her cave time. Which again, God, that's those that see those scenes the were directed cine- so beautifully. The cinematography Gorgeous. of the cave, the lights, the like, like shapes. I think it's really hard to do things that are beautiful and still scary. And it's not like terrifying scary. It's not Mm-mm. horror movie scary. But it's it like made Metropolis me think that's, scary. Yes. Yeah. There was a shot that was straight 2001 when she yeah. was going into the pipe. And it's so interesting to have such a. Um, uh, vast difference between where she works and the shapes that she works in versus where she lives and like nature. But you know what it is? There's what? a lot of that fucking season seven blue. There is. There There's is. a lot of that season seven blue. But the camera work direction in the, in the choice damn like incredible. Beautiful. So um, they're having their heart to heart and then all of a sudden one of the kids screams and Mandy comes running Mandy. in mm-hmm. and Jem says she saw someone out the window, but I didn't see anyone. Maybe it was the Nuklevy. And Roger is like, okay, well, I found these wrappers and stuff, so maybe there is somebody, like, hanging out in the woods. And he, like, grabs his balls and goes outside. 
and is looking around. He doesn't see anybody. But then we get one of those shots where it's like from behind some grass and the camera's moving a little. So you know it's the person who's watching Roger in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, ooh, spooky. Nucklevy. Who, is Who it? could the Nucklevy be? Or what could the Nucklevy be? Um, I loved everything about the modern storyline was perfect. Tops. Like Tops, all baby. of it. Tops. All of it. And I Roger's love- growth. Yes. Rihanna's job. Putting the guys in their place. Figuring out the minds. The beautiful cinematography of the dam itself. The costumes. The set dressing. Uh, it had everything. It was, it was really, really great. I liked, with the exception of the Outlander should do better by black people of it all. I liked this episode a lot in general. Um, Julie screamed the word Izzy at one point during one of the Rachel Hunter scenes. Um, some good Claire stuff. We've got some good Jamie stuff. We've got like, high, we, we kick and punch hijinks when they're pulling the cannon up the hill and then shooting it at a fort full of soldiers for who are ready for no war. Reason. Jamie, that was a real blunder. But, Jamie, come on. Um, we've got um, Mrs. traumatized Mrs. Bennett in a boat. Like we got like lots of good stuff, but really <laughs> the Brie and Roger storyline was the standout here. I it had was. such a good time. It really was the first time that I have felt. I don't, it sounds like I'm, I'm being rude when I say this, but like I was literally invested and truly interested in their storyline for the first time this time. And it's not that I've hated it when I've seen it in the past. It's just never as exciting as Claire and Jamie. And now it feels like it is. There have been some things where I was pretty into it, but a lot of the conflict with, um, with Brie and Roger has come from either Roger being a whiny baby about Mm -hmm. something or some sort of trauma. And don't get me wrong. This is a traumatic experience that Brie has, but it's not a sexual assault. So big thumbs up. Um, and nobody gets murdered. Also big thumbs up. Yeah. No babies have a heart condition. It's, it, it's fresh. It mm-hmm. felt really fresh. Like yes. it, um, was lively. A reset, a reset of, um, a couple in their circumstances navigating their way through life. Just, they have this weird thing where they can travel through time, but now they're just trying to navigate through their lives and they're trying to be parents of potential time travelers right and like all of the weird going shit that in that entails. eyes open yes like most parents would not would never know that well, these they, two people are like and they, they might recognize <laughs> that there um is more uncertainty in the world than most people are aware of yeah right like people and can, that's interesting it's interesting. It's inter- it's interesting to watch them parent together. That's we didn't get much of that. I mean, frankly, the the little boy playing Jimmy was too young for there to be real scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like adult actor talking to child who stands Baby. there and looks cute, yeah. but now they can have actual scenes. Mm-hmm. Um and that's I think really interesting. It's fun watching Roger interact with Jem. Um Richard Rankin seems like he's really good with kid actors, which is a special skill. Yeah. Um so that's great. I love that they had Roger apologize for the previous episode yes. because I think most shows and frankly in a lot of circumstances Outlander would have just let that drop like that would have been it he was wrong he apologized but now That's it's clear it. that he's right without him actually saying it he's thinking he recognizes the damage that he may have done even though he didn't intend to and that it doesn't just stop right like it doesn't stop just because you apologized the because you are part of the patriarchy hurts everyone mm-hmm. right so like good episode for roger really good episode for brie um fun stuff with jem some not so fun stuff with jem um yeah excellent 
Mm-hmm. All right, let's do these scales really quick. So, okay. um, costumes. Let's just say all of the contemporary costumes are great, but that Ian, the Ian. Ian costume, which it's, it's a lot new. of the same pieces, right? Like, we've got the same accessories, basically, but there's a red shirt. That shirt. And a leather vest. And it's hot. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful costume. He looks great in it. It's so distinctive. It's so specific. Um, mm. It's a really, really great costume. But we've also got the amazing bonnet that Rachel is wearing. Oh, yeah, that was a good bonnet. Cool. And also Denzel's sweet-ass flat brim yep. cap. Yep, totally. And then Is the, that a pork pie? It's, an, it's not quite a pork pie, It's not right? a pork what pie. What is it called? I do not know, but we will look it up. Okay, um, I love it. And then uh, all the contemporary costumes were great. Yeah. Roger looks so good in black. Fucking Brianna's shirt that she was wearing on her first day of work fire uh she looks great in her little hard hat uh respect for roger being like i'm trying to get it on we've got 15 minutes to have sex i think i'm due for inspection put this hard hat on and let's get to it and she's like we've got 15 minutes it was like oh yeah that seems right that seems right the kids are watching tv let's fuck (laughs) we got 15 minutes um so that was all great all right uh getting up to get a beer no i didn't Uh, although There were a lot of things crammed into this episode. Yeah. But because they were all spaced apart in in segments that were interesting, like the murder house, I wouldn't have gotten up during that. Jamie taking the cannons up to the top of the hill, I wouldn't have... Yeah, I, I didn't. So, no. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, sex content. Um, butt needing. We're seeing that... We're gonna get some from Roger and Bree. Yeah, this I, is ha- they're this trying is to have sex. It's it's, it's coming. It was a, it was <laughs> like a little spicy. Just not there wasn't any actual sex. But you know he was like kneading her ass when she wasn't wearing underwear. You know I'll take it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It was like a trailer for a sexy movie. Yes, great. Um, and who is your golden pample moose? Ooh, um, I go back and forth. I go back and forth in this one, I think, between Sophie and Ian. Well, then. Sophie and John. Sophie I and picked John. Brie and Ian. Last week. So you can have John this week, and I will pick Sophie, and this way we can both. I have them both. Yeah, because. I mean, Richard Rankin was great, too. Yes. In fact, I you go ahead and you say your pick is John Bell as we, Ian Murray, and I'm going to say 80s power couple. Mm-hmm. Just them both. Yeah. We're bringing them together. They're a team. Okay. All right. That's it. Yeah. Next week, we haven't watched the preview yet because for some reason it didn't show up after the episode. If you're interested, we've heard you can find it on YouTube, but we haven't looked at it. Um, so we'll be even more surprised than usual, mm-hmm. but hopefully there will be more sex eyes. Hell yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye. What excellent content. I mean, month after month, we just keep killing it. Yes. Yes. And somehow this bit. Not old yet. (laughs) Um, Not to me. Okay. But this is important because we're recording this, our our monthly live um, in person in person with our dear friend Amelia. Um, so we've decided to uh, make it a musical moment, um, as she is wont to do, uh, but we haven't planned anything at all. So, um, Amelia, what do you want to play? Oh, I don't know. I feel like I do best, quote, big air quotes, best, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you all just like shove random requests at me and then I just let 
the Lord take the wheel. Okay. All right. Well, let's do, let's pick one. Julie, you can pick one. And then if that like flails out halfway through our list, Very I'll pick a different one. So you've got options. Julie, okay. go ahead. What, what should she start with? Well, based on um, the season of the drunk cast so far, I'm going to go ahead and go with the theme from DuckTales. Great. Okay, I accept. Perfect. Okay. A little, a little butt jewels. All right. So will you start playing and then I start the spiel or do you want me to start the spiel and then you start playing? Start the spiel and I'm going to absent myself across the room so I don't take okay. over all of the sounds. Hold on though. Hold on okay. though. Cause we have to choose backup song. And oh I yeah. Think if slash when <laughs> the DuckTales theme bottoms out, uh, I'm going to suggest um, uh, it's all coming back to me now. Except happy Canada Day to Celine Dion. Okay. Perfect. Great. All right. Okay. All right. Let's let Amelia get Amelia, placed. you go ahead. Let me get my script. Uh, this is one of my, I'm going to say this real briefly. This is one of my favorite times of year because when Outlander comes back, we get some new patrons, um, and some of our new patrons have come correct with some names. I'm very excited to hear it. Great. Let's do it. Amelia, you ready? Here we go. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on facebook.com slash podlandercast on Instagram at podlandercast. You can find all of our excellent shit there. (laughs) You can also find us at podlanderpresents.com, where you can find all sorts of information about all of our truly excellent shows. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the show right now. We want to thank all of you for listening, but we especially (laughs) want to thank our patrons. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast, where you can support the show, join the Slack, get early episode access, and access our bonus content. (laughs) Thanks to all of our patrons. Thank you. You all make it possible for us to do this bullshit. (laughs) My old note is you like O'Doyle rule. I missed that one, but I'm not going to say it again. This show is produced by Allison Shoemaker and Julie Starbird, edited by Julie Starbird, other stuff by Allison Shoemaker. Our artwork is by Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura. Our cover songs are performed by Amelia, Ham on the Loose Bazelle, as you can hear in the background. And who's also our social media maven. And also does great social media work for us. Thank you, Amelia. And now to Allison to really deeply thank our patrons. Uh, DuckTales lasted five seconds. I just want to go on record as saying that. Uh, so we're still in Celine land, but we're in the chorus. <laughs> Keep it up. Um, it's uh, the nights were, were so cold. Um, so there we go. There it is. We want to thank all of our patrons, but especially the following lovely folks. Katie, the Jorte fishwife. Mindy Newell, Rachel Ravel, Brenda, <laughs> Allison King, Doc JWS, Chekhov's ointment. I saw Goody Proctor with the devil. Sydney Taylor, Maddie Perkins, Snazzy Knack, Lisa Brienne, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Jen Collins, Tina Barnett, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen Freckle Fury. That's him on the loose, guys. Uh, Liz and Tinkerbell, Terry Welch, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smith, Jerry Hertel, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazella, Chantel Salters, <laughs> Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCurry, Julie DeToy, Jen Lynn, Candy Bodden, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, Elizabeth Young, and Kiki, the wise.
Jesus. We love y'all so much. Thank you for making it possible for us to do this stupid show. Zuh. 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 All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hi, folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. Really, big monster? Zero irony. We're surrounded by cavemen. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette in 415 million BC. Where are we? Space. Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com.